Hello, welcome to the Common Rounds. Uh, you're in the company of Andy and Hamid, and we're just two medical students going through some of the medical lectures that we go through. Yeah, Hopefully that's right. We're going to learn something on the way as we talk things through. And we need to mention that we have exams coming up, so we might sound a little bit stressed. Yes. Um, so please wear, bear with us. Today's topic is going to be what, Andy? Today's topic is going to be skin carcinomas. Yes, that's and right. That it was a huge lecture. It's going to be probably a huge recording, very content dense. Mm, um, we'll, yeah. we'll try to simplify it as much as possible, but yeah, it's a lot. It is. And ho- I mean, it's one of those lectures where there is a lot of histology and a lot of sort of, in our lectures, there was lots of slides dedicated to various photos of skin lesions. And to me, they all essentially started, started to look the same towards the end. And yes, it wasn't comprehensive, apparently. Yeah. Um, so what we've done is we've gone through some of the key ones that I think are yep. very important. So by the end of this podcast, hopefully you're aware of, you know, what a melanoma is, what a squamous cell, what a basal cell carcinoma, yes. and some of those other sort of subtypes and variations that you might so, come across. Yeah, probably at least those three get an understanding of that. The yeah. rest, yeah, see how much you want to take it. Exactly. Mm. That's right. Okay. So before we start, let's talk about skin histology, because if you don't understand skin histology, you won't understand the cancers true. In, in my very opinion. true. What are the, um, the layers of the skin, Andy? So okay. we're talking about the epidermis. Yep. For now. Because you've got, you know, the epidermis, yep. then underneath you've got the dermis, yes. and then you've got subcutaneous. Tissue. Exactly. Okay. But so this is probably a very common question that, that people could get asked is what are the layers of the epidermis, right? And, um, you, you previously told me, Hammond, that you had a pretty good mnemonic, which was, uh, Californians like getting sunburns. Yep. So this is talking about the layers going from the superficial down deeper, right? Yes. So you've got stratum corneum, uh, stratum lucidum. Yep. Stratum granulosum, stratum spinosum, and the stratum basale. Exactly right. Yeah. Yep. And so the next question is, so you've got these layers, right? Mm-hmm. But what are the layers actually comprised of? So we've got the names of the different layers, but what mm-hmm. what are they actually made from? Uh, keratinocytes. That's yeah, one of them, right? That's right. Yeah. What are the other cells? Well, there's melanocytes as yep. well, which are important. There's um, Langerhans cells, which are part of the immune system. There's me- uh, Merkel cells, which are part of that sensation. But our focus is, should be on really keratinocytes, basal cells, which are technically keratinocytes. Yep. But they're the stem cells that replace the mm-hmm. keratinocytes that are moving upwards. Yep. And melanocytes, which are important for pigment for- formation. Yes. I think it's worth mentioning that as melanos, uh, so as keratinocytes move towards the more from deep to superficial, they tend to lose their nucleus. So yep. that right at the top on the um, uh, stratum cornea, it's really just dead cells, isn't it? Uh, yes, that's true. Um, and what's the importance of basal cells? Well, the basal cells, as you said, they were the the stem cells of the of the skin layer. So they're going to continue to replicate as yeah. the top layer keeps on shedding off every now and then. Yep, exactly right. And we mentioned that in melanocytes, they're the guys that produce. So they're in the stratum basalis, yep. so then the basal layer, mm-hmm. and they're important for producing pigment. Okay. Um. So they're not actually pigmented. Okay. They release the pigments into the surrounding tissue. Which, which is melanin. Which is melanin, yeah, yeah, which lends the skin the the pigment. And so there's obviously various variations mm-hmm. in how much pigment your skin produces. Yeah. That's all I wanted to mention about um, histology. Good. Should we move on to like the actual pathology of skin? Yeah, that's that's fine. Or what about any terminologies? Um, do you want to mention some terminologies before we go ahead? Uh, just a just a quick few. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, great. Sometimes in so in um in pathology you get or when when doctors describe uh, certain rashes mm. you can get either macular rashes or papular rashes and this is exactly yeah. what we're trying to explain. A macule is a flat discolored lesion, so mm-hmm. you can't really feel it. Yep. Whereas a papule, on the other hand, is something that's elevated and you can feel. And then you can have a look into whether if if like depending on the size, they can be either nodules 
etc. But that's some that's one main distinction that yeah, I want to make. Exactly. Macules and papules. The one the way I remember mac macules as being really flat is the yep. fact that if you think about, I mean, this is sort of you know a bit of a product placement, but we're not endorsed by anyone. But if you think about a MacBook. Okay. They're very flat and very oh, thin. Dude, that's so, awesome. yeah, Macule, MacBook, very flat, very thin. Just yeah. follow that logic. I was going to think McDonald's and fat, but okay. No. <laughs> that's good. Okay. So forget that. So Mac, MacBooks are flat. Yeah. Um, and awesome. so you, you were saying, so you, you got papules, which are more elevated. Yeah. And then what, what are nodules? You might, we might mention nodules in our talk as well. Okay. So nodules are also elevated lesions that are domed shape and possibly one, more than one centimeter in size. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then you have vesicles, which are fluid filled. Mm -hmm. So there's still this enlargement, uh, protrusion from the skin, but they're filled with fluid as opposed to, let's say, pus or something else. Yeah. Now, the, obviously, if you have a postule, that's sort of like a, um, sort of like a vesicle, but instead of fluid, it's pus. So okay. it's, um, you know, secondary due to maybe a skin infection of some sort. Yeah. Then I think, Mm. The common terminology that you come across: so yes. macule, papules, vestibules, um, vesicles. Sorry, ve vesicles. Um, yeah. I'm getting all my terms mixed up. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's important to know the different layers of the skin as well. Yes. So let's talk about the skin um, okay. pathologies now, because that's Back really what the focus of the the talk is. Yes. So we mentioned that you've got different cell types, right? And it's not surprising that then you'll expect different pathologies affecting the various cell types. Yes. For example, you have Creatinocytes, and you're going to have diseases of diseases of the creatinocytes. Yes, you're going to have um, basal cells yes. at the bottom. So you're going to not surprisingly have diseases of the basal cells. Yes, and also diseases of the melanocytes as mm -hmm. well. So Andy, um, do you want to let's talk about the less potential for malignant ca uh, cancers first of the yes. skin? Okay, um, sure. And we'll start by talking about the creatinocytes. Yes. So an example of that would be um, the keratoacanthomas as well. Yes. And so are they benign or malignant growth? So a keratoacanthoma is a benign lesion. Yeah. And however, it has a bit of, um, it is a rapidly developing neoplasm. Yes. So it, it is raised and then, um, I think they, they are, I think volcanic in shape, I think. Yeah. Like. It kind of looks like a volcanic eruption. So what you mm -hmm. have is, and it's firstly, they come on really quickly and yep. they go off really quickly. And it's probably due to, Maybe the immune response kicking in and trying to remove it. Yes. And so, yeah, so it erupts and it has this sort of nodular crater and it has keratin inside the crater like a volcanic eruption. So keratin <laughs> being sort of the pigment that is produced. Yes. Um, and then what happens is that the, then it resolves. So it's a really a self-resolving. That's why it's a benign lesion. So that's mm. called a keratoacanthoma. Mm. And it's essentially a volcanic eruption on the skin that comes on quickly like a volcano and goes off very yes. quickly as well. Mm. Um, and I don't think really there isn't much intervention because it's self-resolving. Sure. Now, there's another one that you might come across as well, and that's called the epidermal or sebaceous cyst. So it's a cyst. Mm -hmm. So some sort of growth. Yes. Um, and so do you know what that's about? So apparently it's a sebaceous cyst, but it could be commonly found in the dermis. And this is something that I want you to help me clarify if, if you know of it. So I don't quite get it. It's an epidermal cyst, but why is it found in the dermal layer? I think it's because, yeah. I don't know it too well, but I yeah. think it's because the uh, it starts in the epidermal layer, but it can it's a cyst, so it can sink into the dermal okay. layer as well, but it's predominantly confined. It's yeah. associated with the epidermis first. Okay, great. And so, yeah, so you have uh, sort of squamous cells, squamous cell epithelia around the cyst, yep, yep. make up the cyst, and you have keratin debris in the center. Kind of like the volcano, but the volcano, that's erupted sort of, mm. whereas this one really hasn't. It's closed. So in this case, it's the cyst that swells up and causes the, the 
uh, the neoplasm. Oh, not not neoplasm. Oh, the growth. Tumor. The, yeah. the growth. Yeah, yeah, the tumor. It's not a new. It's not a. It's, it's a benign lesion. Yeah, it, it's not cancerous. Yeah. Um, and the way to if if this becomes problematic, the way to yeah. deal with it is to simply just surgically remove it. Okay. Um, uh, it's not like um, keratoacrylonoma where I think it just resolves by itself. Sure. But now we're talking about the really important pathologies affecting yes. keratinocytes, and an example of that is actinic or solar keratosis. That's very important. Quite commonly, I, I hear. Yeah, yeah, I think, and especially as you age as well. So um, mm. how does this come about, Andy? What's sort of the pathophysiology yeah. of it? So from the name, you can already uh, get an idea. So it's called solar keratosis, and you, I would associate with with sun damage. Yes. So it's a UV radiation damage to the keratinocytes. Mm. And this is from repeated sun exposure. Uh, this pathology has a risk of transforming into squamous cell cancer. Yeah, cancers. that's what we worry about it, yeah. um, is, is that risk. Mm. And so, yeah, so in terms of its appearance, it f- sort of, if you touch it, it's one of those things where I think the pathologist have told us is that you really di- can diagnose it by touching it. If it was oh, really okay. rough and yeah. sandpapery, mm. um, it's it's a it's possibly indication of this sort of, this uh, lesion. Yeah. But in terms of some of the other things that you might expect to see, you can see hyperkeratosis, okay. which suggests... It probably gives it that sort of rough sensation. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have parakeratosis as well. And so that's, you know how we mentioned that as keratinocytes move up into the basal layer. Yes. So uh, from basal layer to the corneum layer, the top layer, yes, yes. they lose the nucleus. Yep. Well, this doesn't happen here. So it's extremely abnormal. So those cells retain the nucleus. Okay. You can also have solar elastosis as well, where the skin starts appearing yellow and thickened. Um, and I think that's damage to, um, yeah. Elastin fibers. In the I think so. From, from UV, UV rays that damage the elastin fibers in the dermis. Yeah, that's right. Exactly yeah. right. So how do you manage it then? I mean, obviously because of the risk of transformation, even though it's small, mm. you still worry about it. What are some management options? So you can use cryotherapy to burn off the, um, the lesion. Um, you could use electrodesiccation as well as Curatage, I believe. Yeah. Is that just like removing? The I think so, or? removing it. And are there any sort of pharmacological approaches as well? Yes. So with this one, as it is a, it as it is a neoplasm, so you can use chemotherapy drugs, but this isn't systemic, but just more topical. Yeah. So we're talking about 5-fluorouracil creams, imiquimod creams. Um, they all have their very specific um, when to dose and how often, how yeah. long you use it. Exactly. I think the way, so 5-FU is actually anti-metabolite, so actually it stops cell turnover. Mm. It may quit from memory causes uh, an immune response at the site, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so it gets the immune system seems to play an important role mm-hmm. in managing or, or in dealing with skin lesions. Uh, and that's why immunosuppressed patients yeah. have an increased risk of developing skin cancers. Yeah. But this also becomes important when we talk about melanomas. So that's that. Do you have anything else you want to add to that? No, I think that's um, that's enough and we'll move on to the next one. Yeah, topic. there's a lot to get through. So we'll, um, yeah. if you guys need more info, obviously please look at any sort of good pathology textbook. We recommend Robbins. That's what we use. It's very good. Mm. Um, so let's talk about squamous cell carcinomas, Andy. Um, are they malignant or benign? So, the carcinoma. Oh, let me think about it. Mm, <laughs> malignant. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. So I'm associating... So academic keratosis goes into squamous cell carcinoma. Yes. And so yeah, the pathology of a squamous cell carcinoma is a... It's a malignant neoplasm that also the predis- predisposing factors are uh, UV radiation... Yeah. Once again, mm. so no surprise there. As well as, okay, you can have possible chemical carcinogens yep. such as um, arsenic or tar or nitrogen mustards. Uh, interestingly, an HPV infection, the yep. high grade 1618 can also cause it. Yep. And immunosuppression as well. Okay. Yeah, I'm not surprised. So, yeah, again, mm. like I think the key risk factor, especially in Australia, is sun exposure. It, it's yes. the primary, primary cause of it. Um, now, it's more common in men 
than women. And I think, um, and it's obviously uh, occurs more in the elderly because your accumulation of sun exposure builds up over time. Makes sense. Um, and I think the reason men have it more than women, probably not so much now, but historically is because of, you know, men may have often outdoor occupational sort of jobs yep. and they uh, are more um, increased exposure as a consequence. Mm. Um, so looking at more of the histology of it, Andy, what are some of the micro microscopic appearances? Okay. So, as it is a carcinoma, you would expect the cancer to actually have invaded beyond the basement membrane. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's potentially going into the dermis now and vertically invading into the tissue. Mm. Um, what else? Um, okay, so the, these cells would also resemble keratinocytes, so they would have a pinkish color. Mm-hmm. And you can have these things called a focal keratinization. Yeah, exactly. And you can have this sort of nodular um, hyperkeratoic lesion. Um, yeah. And they... You know, it can affect the ears, for example, because often you put sunscreen on. You tend to, I mean, it happens to me. I tend to miss the ears. It's yes. just not something that you think about. Mm. But yeah, so the key thing about this is that it invades the basement membrane, mm. and um, there's a, a potential for it to metastasize. Um, before we move on, I thought like um, we probably should also talk about what it looks like, right? So oh it, yeah, it, uh, like macroscopically yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So it would look nodular, yeah, scaly, and possibly ulcerated. Yeah, and it's th- this is you need to keep that in mind because we're going to use this as a distinguisher between basal cell carcinomas yes. as well. Yeah, so ulcerated and squamous cell carcinoma. Exactly. Okay. So how do you manage it? Once again, you could use surgical excision to get rid of it, and you could, add, and I think believe you need lifelong follow-up. Yeah, and treatment. monitoring as well because, you know, if it's happening on one side of the body, maybe there are other lesions that mm. have the potential to become Sounds cancerous horrible. as well. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. So, yeah, so lifelong monitoring and, and surgery is the way to go. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. that brings us on to the basal cell pathologies as well. Yeah. And like before, we'll talk about some of the benign types and then we'll go into the really, um, the, the malignant type. The benign type that I've, come across in my rings is um, seboeric or senokeratosis. Yes. And it's interesting because it's got a very distinctive look. It looks like this lesion that's been stuck on mm. and you almost want to wipe it off, but obviously you can't because it's attached. Yes. And who do you tend to see this in? So with from the name again, senokeratosis, so you can you would expect them to see them in um, the elderly. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, as you mentioned, they are these raised warty lesions mm-hmm. that, that they look like. But yeah. so what would you... So let's say if you, you, you took a slice and you looked under the yeah. microscope, what would you actually find? So you tend to see um, uh, increased numbers of the benign basal cells. Um, and they also have these keratin nests. As in, I think the keratin nest is what gives you that sort of stuck on lesion. Okay. But um, what's interesting about this is that it's in most cases, it's usually benign. But if you get this sudden massive outbreak of it, Okay. It can be associated with gastrointestinal carcinomas because some gastrointestinal carcinomas, uh, they produce, as part of the paraneoplastic syndrome, they produce, I think, platelet-derived growth factors or other growth factors that increase cell proliferation on the skin. Okay. And so you have to be really careful. Majority, it's benign, but in some circumstances, it can be a worrisome sign. That's the only benign one that I think is really important mm-hmm. for us to talk about. Let's talk about basal cell carcinoma, which is mm-hmm. obviously malignant. Yes. How many types of them are there, Andy? So there's quite a few types. Um, you could have a nodulosclerative, uh, yep. so nodulosclerative one. You could have pigmented. Yes. So you could have superficial uh, and sclerosing. Yes. Um, do you have a bit of a system to, to name? I've been or? trying to think about a good memory aid for this one. I, I haven't been able to come up with anything. So if you okay. guys have any interesting ways of memorizing it, please let us know. We, yep. we have exams coming up soon. So yeah, <laughs> the sooner the better. Yeah. But what's the most typical one? Uh, I, 
I'm not 100% sure, to be honest, okay. about what's more typical or what's more... But they all have slightly distinctive characteristics. Okay. So, for the nodular ulcerative one, yeah. um, so it can be skin-colored. So, often we associate these skin cancers with, like, really dark pigmented colors. But in the case of basal cell carcinomas, yes. because the melanocytes are not affected, you don't expect to see any pigmentation. So, you, it's skin-colored. It can be this papule. So, we mentioned that papules are large and large protrusions on the skin. They yep. can be nodular. Uh, but they can also have this translucent pearliness with the telangiectic border. So, they can have these fine capillaries in the border. Yes. Um, but the point is, because basal cells are not involving melanin-producing cells, you don't normally expect pig- uh, really dark moles and things like that. Mm-hmm. What about the pigmented variants? So with the pigmented variant basal cell carcinoma, they you get flecks of pigment in a translucent translucent mm. lesion. Once again with telangiectasia. Yeah. So what that is is as as you mentioned, just to hammer in the terminology, is just these fine um, blood vessels that appear upon the top yeah. of the. Um, Exactly right. And um, so, I mean, this says pigmented, but it's not like this dark brown. There's just like these spots of color on the the lesion. Sure. And what about the superficial variant? So with superficial, you've got a flat tan to brownish plaque. And it could often be scaly. It has a pearly border with also, yeah. once again, fine telangiectasia. Yeah, so, yeah telangiectasia tel- seems to be a, a feature of uh, a lot of these. Yes. And let's um, quickly talk about the, um, the sclerizing variant as well. And what's that, uh, what's that all about? With this one, you get a flesh yellowish color with a uh, shiny papule slash plaque with the indistinct border. But from what I understood with, with generally with the basal cell carcinomas, they, you could have a raised dome-shaped lesion that that looks kind of like a pearl pearly thing mm-hmm. i'm not too sure whether if they're actually all ulcerative or not but from from memory they were they weren't as ulcerative as the squamous cell yeah carcinomas. yeah exactly yeah i think that's my understanding as well mm-hmm. so how do you manage this condition only well it is a malignant proliferation of the basal keratinocyte uh, sorry the yeah the basal keratinocytes and so what you would need to do is you you would treat it as as a cancer. Right? Yeah. So you could um you could use low grade cutaneous. Uh, it's a low grade cutaneous malignancy, and you would use. I think surgery <laughs> is usually the way to go. Um. Yeah. Uh, with this one as well, but the difference between sort of basal cell carcinomas and squamous cell carcinomas is the fact that yep. they don't tend to metastasize or have a reduced tendency to metastasize, which is really good. Um, but the main thing is, uh, if you suspect something, then removing it is the way to go, uh, just in case there's that slight potential for metastases. Yes. Let's talk about melanocytes now, because that's really what we all worry about, melanomas mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, uh, cancers that derive from melanocytes. Yeah. But there are some benign forms of uh, sort of these lesions, aren't they? Um, mm-hmm. So there's the first one I, I think we, that's worth talking about is um, I think I'm pronouncing it properly. It's, is it Ephelis? Yeah, I'd call it Ephelis, yeah. Ephelis as well, yeah. So that's just freckles. Yes, very yeah. fancy word for freckles. And so what's the sort of microscopic appearances of it? It's a increase. Uh, so microscopically, you'll see an increase of melanin pigment in the basal cell yeah. And as you mentioned, it's actually not in melanocytes. The melanocytes are just in charge of actually producing the melanin. Yeah. And they're, they're stored in actually, I believe, the keratinocytes. Exactly. Um, when you look at it, you'll actually find normal melanocyte numbers. And with the freckles, one very interesting thing I picked up from the lecture was that you, you're born with the mm. total amount of freckles you're going to have. 
all that happens is that the, it's the varying degree of sun exposure you get that actually get them to show up. Exactly, that's right. Mm. Um, and another point to remember with this is that so it's a benign lesion and there's no sort of hyperplasia of melanocytes. They just increase, they just produce more melanin in response to sun exposure. Yes. And like you said, you're born with um, with these sort of freckles. Sun exposure just brings it out. Yes. So the next thing we want to talk about is uh, Latingo. And that's a sort of step up from freckles. Okay. Um, do you know much about that one? Well, what was what was another common name for it again? Was it? I don't think I it don't has know. a common name, uh, like a lay mm-hmm. layman's term. I sure. think it's just called Latingo. Um, yeah, but again, it's benign. Okay. Um, but there's something interesting about it. it was uh, it's these are pigmented macules, and they they don't darken on on sun sun exposure. Are, are they birthmarks? I think there might be. Maybe that's another name for it. Um, we'll just do a quick Google and see, see what it is. They might be. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay. I'll have look. I'll look into that. So moving on. But yeah. So what was that interesting thing? The interesting thing about it, so we mentioned that in uh, FLS or freckles, yes. you get increased melanin, yeah, pigment production. But in in Latingo, you see both increased melanocyte numbers as well as melanin. So that's an important thing to bear in mind. Okay. It's still on the superficial layer, so it hasn't invaded. Yeah. So. That's why it's not, it's benign. Um, it's not a sort of an invasive malignant type. Yeah. But let's talk about a benign neoplasm, which is called a nevi, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So what's that all about? So this, this condition is called a nevocellular nevi, or in other words, a layman term for this one is a mole. Yeah. Yeah. That's a mole. Yeah. yeah. And so what it is, is a benign neoplasm. Oh, did you, was it benign neoplasm? Yeah, it is a benign neoplasm. Yeah, benign yeah. neoplasm of the melanocytes, as we mentioned. Exactly. And so it can be congenital. So some people, some kids are born with, for example, their um, their moles. I'm sure, you know, our audience can probably think of either themselves or friends or family who might have, have these sort of moles. Or they can be acquired over time as well. Mm-hmm. And so what's in- interesting is that initially in like these sort of cases, the melanocytes mm-hmm. develop in the junctional zone. So that's where the dermis meets the epidermis because yes. that's where they're normally found. Yeah. And as you age, they can go a little bit deeper into the underlying dermis mm-hmm. and then they might go, as you get a bit older, they might go slightly deeper into the dermis and actually be situated in the dermis, mm-hmm. but they don't metastasize, they don't um, have any sort of features. And and, and when oh. they go into the dermis, yep. so the deeper part of their skin, yep. they just go into senescence. So they just are sleeping and not, not doing anything. Oh. And what's interesting is that Yep. The more superficial yep. melanomas, they produce pigments, but as they go deeper and they go to sleep in the dermis, they don't produce much melanin. Oh, um, so that's an that's Im- cool. yeah. So that's why they're sort of not malignant. But there are and, and depending on the location, they have three names, don't they? Yes, as you mentioned already. So you've got junctional nevi, which, as you mentioned, that you found they found they found at the border between the dermis and the epidermis. Yes. Um, you've got dermal nevi, which is once they're fully gone through. And then you've also got compound nevi. I believe that's the combination of on both sides of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're they're around that. So that's mm. uh, normally you don't need to do anything. I mean, obviously, if you're having cosmetic issues, then you can surgically remove it. But mm. it's one of those things where it's benign, mm-hmm. um, and so um, you don't tend to do too much to it. You just mm. want to keep an eye on it in case something happens and it transforms for some reason. Yeah. But melanoma is the one that we get really worried about because. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's derived from the neuroendocrine crest, and so it can have possibly paraneoplastic syndromes. Okay. But like moles, there are different subtypes as well. So do you want to maybe go through some of the subtypes? So you can get lentigo maligna. Uh, you can get lentigno maligna melanomas. Yeah. You can get superficial spreading melanomas, nodular melanomas, 
and this one I'm going to butcher the pronunciation again. So it's acrolentinous melanomas. Well done, that was good. Um, all right, so let's talk. With, let's start with lentigo uh, melanoma because I think that's technically a carcinoma in situ. So it's a melanoma in situ, so it hasn't yep. spread, but yep. it has the potential to to become malignant. Mm. But it's confined to the epidermis, where you would normally find the um, find melan- melanocytes in the basal layer of the epidermis. Okay. Now it can have different colors. It can be tan, brown, or black. Um, but it's a flat macule, mm-hmm. so a MacBook flat. Yep. And it can sometimes have irregular borders as well. Yep. But the lesion grows radially, and it doesn't invade. Radially, um, as in horizontally. Horizontally on yeah. the skin, but it doesn't penetrate. Yes. But about ten percent of the cases can evolve into it's. We mentioned that it's dysplastic, so about ten percent of the cases can actually transform into um, lentigo malignant melanoma. Okay. What's that all about? You mentioned so this this accounts for about fifteen percent of all melanomas, and. Um, so these are malignant melanocytes that are invading into the dermis. So uh, with these guys, the appearance, they look flat, brown, sta- uh, brown stained. They gradually enlarge with a loss of skin surface markers yeah. um, if you look under the microscope uh, or if you do some stains. But then mm-hmm. with time, the color can change. And that's a big warning sign, I think. So what, how, how does the color change? From brown to dark with like a black uh, black and blue shades as blue, well. Yeah. So whenever, you, if you guys ever see it, like a mole that is changing in color, that mm. is definitely a sign of concern. And if it's yourself or your patients or anyone else, do go and seek help. Mm. Um, just in case, you know, it might be a, a melanoma or a melanoma in situ. Yeah. Now you mentioned that um, you can get superficial spreading ones as well, and I think they account for most cases of melanomas, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, what do they look like? What's that all about? Okay, so with these guys, these have a regular shaped border. They're indurated. They've got enlarging plaques with about red, bluish, or whitish discoloration. Yeah. You've got focal papules and nodules with them, and they could be also they could ulcerate and bleed with growth. Yeah. Well, what's important with this is that, like mm-hmm. um, Latingo melanoma, where it grows radi- radially, so this grows on the superficial dermis, okay. which is probably a good thing because as soon as you detect something growing bigger, then you can do something about That's it. Whereas true. if it grows deep into the tissue you might not take as much notice yes which brings us on to the nodular melanomas and these guys have the worst prognosis of all okay um thankfully yeah um you know if you, if you catch it early you might be able to do something about it but the problem is this also accounts for about 30 percent of melanomas so you yep. get really worried mm. why is it bad andy as you mentioned hinted previously so these guys actually grow down vertically rather than laterally so you probably won't see them in large but they actually go down quite deep yeah and uh with these guys uh, they appearance-wise, they're uniformly uh, ulcerated. They have a bluish-black color. They've got this sharp, delineated plaque or, or nodule that could be appearing. And yeah, it's rapidly fatal. Unfortunately, that's the main thing to take home with this. Also, nodular grows vertically, and so you might not see if you see an expanding, no- like a mole in your hand or in your face, you might get worried and see a doctor. But if it goes really deep, you don't notice it until it's too late. Mm. Um, and so that's why it can be rapidly fatal because it can metastasize. Um, now let's finish up by talking about the acrolatingus uh, melanomas. Okay. Um, so acro, I think, means palm, plantar, or um, okay. the nails. Okay. And so these sort of they're, they're very rare, but they affect um, you know skin underneath the nails and stuff as well, which is you know you don't normally expect that. Mm. And again, these guys can have poor prognosis as well, um, unfortunately. In terms of like the prognosis, how do you really determine it? So the prognosis depends on whether if you know if it was in situ or whether if it's invasive. 
let's say you found out also according to some classifications the depth of the invasion is a very important marker to uh to determine the prognosis obviously the deeper it is the worse it is yes exactly um the presence of absence of ulcerations also is a good prognosis factor and um if you look at the mitotic rate maybe i'm I'm speculating that the the higher the mitotic rate probably the worse yeah that's right so they're the common sort of skin lesions that we really want to cover so we're talking about diseases of Keratinocytes. There are several benign examples like um, epidermal cysts, for example. Yes. But there's also, you know, squamous cell carcinomas affecting um, keratinocytes. There's also the basal cells, and yes. there are um, both benign and malignant lesions. Yes. There's melanomas, both benign and malignant. Yep. But there are other skin cancers as well. So do you have blood vessels in your skin? You have nerves. You have sub, um, you know, sebaceous glands, lymphocytes. So all of these have the potential to become cancerous. But I think we'll leave it at that because it's um, going to, into a lot of detail. It, it has been a very content-dense podcast and Hamid has de- has actually drawn up this really gorgeous uh, mind map that yeah. encompasses everything. So you should definitely pop by our uh, website on thecommonrounds.wordpress.com and um, look under Oncology Notes and yep. you'll, you'll it's, find it's it It's on right the there. skin mind maps. Yeah. Um, so, that, so the mind map sort of puts it all in, into perspective, but this doesn't detract away from the fact that, yeah, you have to look at photos to be able to see what we're talking about True. as well. Um, speaking of photos, I believe a New Zealand dermatology website called Dermnet yes. um, is, a, is a very good resource that was strongly recommended by our pathologists. Yeah, that's right. And they, they don't just have melanomas, they have everything. It's very mm. good. Yeah. Um, so that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, we're gonna we're getting very close to finishing up oncology, so we'll just uh, soldier through and do some uh, more topics. I think the next one's going to be the brain, if I'm not mistaken. That's an mm. interesting... It will be. Group of tumors. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the comments. listening to our common rounds podcast you can find all of our episodes notes elective experiences and much more content on our website so come visit us at the and see you next time